0: Hi everyone and welcome to the small business social show. My name is Jill and I am your host. And today we're going to be talking to Justin Nimmergood, who is an author, also hosts a podcast, and he is a speaker and professional business coach. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jill Fox, and I'm the owner of Fox Social Media, and my company's been helping practices, businesses, and brands to both market and grow online for about 10 years now, and I'm so excited to have both my podcast and my YouTube show so that I can help all of you. So let's get started like to welcome our guest for today his name is Justin Nimmergood and he is the CEO and founder of in good company so I would love for you guys to meet him he's very dynamic he's a, a professional speaker he's also a business coach so you're gonna learn a ton from him today welcome so how glad to have you Justin
1: Jill thank you so much for having me on it's it's always a pleasure to to uh collaborate with others and to be on others' podcasts, uh, and it sounds like you've, you've done a great job framing yours up, so thank you for having me on, especially so close to the holidays like today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. I know your schedule's a little crazy right now, so we were actually lucky to get Justin on here um, at this time of year, but can you please tell the audience a little bit about your background, your education, and anything that's kind of really interesting they might not um, expect to hear about you?
1: Sure, sure. So, I'll kind of give the, the brief background on, uh, you know, who is Justin going and maybe share uh, or interweave a couple things that might be, Hey, that was kind of an interesting nugget as well. You know, um, I, I actually was born in Michigan, um, you know, which is something that not many people know about me, especially being out here in California for about 10 years now, but born in uh, a little part of Michigan called Bay city uh, grew up in Novi for about seven years and then ended up growing up and spending most of my childhood in Texas so I consider myself largely a Texan because that's where I spent most of my childhood and most of my life was in Texas. Um, I did my undergrad at the University of Texas in Austin in uh, business, marketing, and uh, finance. And then um, after college, post college, I started what I thought was um, my career uh, that I was going to do forever, right? Which I'm sure so many entrepreneurs or so many um, you know folks out there that are career Minded individuals think, "Hmm, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder," and growing up in a household where I I had a, a father as my role model, who um, did that right for a living and did quite well, was able to support our family. I thought that was that was my career and that was my destined path. So post college, I got hired um, by Cisco Systems, big large technology company that many I'm sure have heard of. Um, And I was uh, placed through a very prestigious sales training program called the Sales Associates Program, where they invested actually about a a million dollars into each of us in both the soft and the hard skills of sales, of um, business acumen, of uh, public speaking, you mentioned as well. And I'll share some more of that here in a little bit too. And it was great, right? So we spent a year together in Raleigh. It was kind of like classroom style, right? So it's kind of like another year of college but hands-on, hands-on the job training, and also learning networking and everything Cisco sold. And then I went out to the field, they called. So I was then transferred out to Denver, Colorado, where I spent my first two years of real, I called my, my initial career, um, outselling in a um, greenfield market, as they call it, in sales, which is a market that's not really been developed yet that I was basically going and building. So imagine and going and opening a new business, although I was working for a company on this day at the time, but opening a new business and a brand new market that really had no presence of Cisco whatsoever. And especially relative to AT&T, which was the partner I was supporting. And I did that. And I just knocked it out of the park, right? First year, I think, uh, I did a couple million dollars. Then I grew that by like 300% the second year. And so by, after the second year, my manager came to me and we had been talking about this and he said, Hey, I've got this opportunity out in California to take on or basically acquire more territory. So you'll be supporting Southern California and the mountain states, they call them, which is uh, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Wyoming, and Colorado. Uh, but we want you to do it from Southern California because we do a lot more business out there, candidly. Uh, you know, do you want to do you want to move out there? I'm like, do I want to go to the beach, move to California? Hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, of course I do. Happy to do that. So after two years in Colorado, we moved out to uh, California. And and you know what's interesting to note is I can remember when I was a, a child, um, not a child child, but you know young young man, um, sixteen. You know my father and I we actually took a, a college tour, right? And we went through Arizona, New Mexico, and largely California, visiting college campuses. And I remember the the California trip distinctly because we were driving up the coast on Pacific coast highway. And for any of you that have lived or know California, you know, PCH, you know, Pacific coast Highway. It's right on the ocean. Right. And we were driving from San San Diego, and we eventually landed up and all the way up to Santa Barbara. So we hit a bunch of colleges all the way up the coast there. And I remember telling, you know, thinking to myself, I was like, I don't know how, and I don't know when, but California, I will live in California will be my home one day. Right. And so it was just kind of fun to look back on and, and serendipitous that when opportunities like this happen, you know, they're made to happen, I feel like. So I moved out to California, spent another about five, six years with Cisco uh, in a sim- similar role kind of climbing my way up the ranks. And in uh, 2013, um, I, I had this just moment when I was starting to apply for new promotions and new jobs. But I, I really felt like I hit a glass ceiling in corporate America. Um, and I coincidentally had also started to get really entrenched into personal development, right? With, um, you know, folks like Tony Robbins and Mary Vaynerchuk and many others, I really started to get, you know, I was listening to them basically daily, right? I was reading everything I, I could, right? Especially a lot of the John Maxwell books. I was just eating those up. And I started to recognize, okay, you know what? I've been trying to fight this my whole life, but maybe I was destined for something new, different and more. And um, I I signed up for a Tony Robbins uh, seminar. Uh, It was called Date with Destiny. It's a six day long seminar uh, intensive. And I'm talking, these are 16 hour full days, You're, you're entrenched, you're, you're learning, you're, you're, you know, fist pumping, you know, it's high energy excitement, but it's really designed for personal transformation. It was in Palm Springs and I can remember coming back from that, that trip. And this was in uh, December of 2013. And I can remember just knowing in my heart, I, I, I came back and I was like, I need to quit my job. I was like, I must quit my job. I, I was scared shitless and I didn't know how, but, but I came back and, uh, I think it was within, uh, it was in like a month, let's say, cause, uh, December had passed. I'm sorry, December. I'm sorry. December had passed. I had gone back to another cause I signed up for two Tony Robbins, uh, seminars actually at the same time. So the first was day with destiny. The second was business mastery. So I went back to knowing, Hey, I'm going to figure out how to frame my business. And then when I came back from that, I apologize. That's when I was like, I knew I needed to do, to quit, to move on, to move forward in my life. And it was within a month. I, I quit my, my job. I started a business and that business is in good company. And I'll share a little bit on the background of that and how that came okay, to be great. about uh, in a little bit. And, and I started the business and we, I just, I took off. I started immediately writing my memoir, my business memoir, which is uh, intrapreneurship changing business culture from inside out it's available on Amazon um, and create space as well.
0: Okay. And we'll leave a link. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes in the description so people can find it.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Jill. And I I knew I just had to take massive action and that's what building a business, especially as a solopreneur is all about. And um, so March I had officially quit my job I started writing the book right away. The book was published in October because I knew there was sort of two tracks to get started in a business. You either had to have a fantastic freaking idea that just blew every other idea out of the water, either something that's patentable or service. You had to have a crap ton of capital, right? You had to have a bunch of capital to start a business, or you had to have some sort of piece that made you unique and different and, and trustworthy, right? So I chose that route. I didn't have a bunch of capital. Um and, and I certainly didn't have the other, so I was like, I'm gonna write a piece. So again, six months, boom, banged out a book, book, um, not a New York Times bestseller or anything, but it was my platform. It was my piece that I could now use to go to solicit speaking gigs, solicit coaching opportunities, because now I had something that was like tangible, it was real. And um by that summer, you know, I had already started in a company formally and we were off to the races serving people from a coaching consulting and again speaking capacity you know a lot has happened in the last what five and a half six years since then um you know i've gone through some some personal changes too but i wouldn't change any of it for the world it's been an absolute fun ride jill and um you know in good company hence the name is really all about being in good company because we're really building a community and i'm proud to say just on my team alone we've got uh, over a dozen people on the team now, you know, it started as just me, but now we've got over a dozen people. We're truly building a community of like-minded leaders, right? And that's our mission is to develop the next generation of leaders. And we do that through the services that we offer the in good company part. Well, my last name is Nimmergood. So <laughs> when I was figuring out what names to register, so this is, I'm like, huh, in good, like you're always in good company. I'm like, that kind of rings a bell and, and the rest is history. So.
0: That's just amazing that you were brave enough to make that change because a lot of people dream of doing what you did, but they're afraid, and rightfully so. There's a, you know, to go without income and benefits and those things is very scary. So what, um, so how did, I guess it was Tony Robbins, but how did he create that burning desire in you or bring out the thought that, hey, business coaching is always what I was supposed to have done?
1: You know, I love that question. And by the way, uh, I love your comment too about the, you know, fear, you know, the fear of of going without income at all. And I've done it all, right? And and if we have time, I'll certainly share some of those stories about sleeping on the floor with no income and, and eating, you know, rice and beans, right? I've, I've done it all. Um, and any real, I say real gritty entrepreneur has as well. But the burning desire came from uh, annoyingness of yourself, right? Um, I can go back to childhood where I played about every sport under the sun, or at least attempted them at one point in time or another. And one thing that always resonated with me was the coaching aspect of it, right? I loved playing, but I also loved the coaching aspect. I can remember helping coach a youth girls team. It was actually my, one of my good friends at the time. His father was a coach of the team. But he was always traveling for business and whatnot, so he had his son and I kind of helping out, and I just took a, such a kinship to that and then I ended up doing that for a, a youth um, you know uh, boys team as well, so two youth teams growing up both for basketball. then I ended up you know mentoring um, some young young uh, men for golf right because I played golf all growing up, so just there's all these examples of Sports. I would say sports, which, by the way, is very closely tied with business, right, um, where I was coaching and given that opportunity to coach others that when the the time to go through the personal development and all that came about, I, I was reminded of all those opportunities and all those times growing up and how rewarding and, and gratifying it was. And... You know what we're really talking about is the why of getting to the core of who you are and what makes you tick and what really gives you that burning passion. Because I, by this time, especially going through Cisco, Cisco paid well. I mean, I'll be honest. My first year out of college, I was making over a hundred grand a year, and not many college students, especially at the time that I went through school, could say that. So I was very blessed and fortunate in that regard. And then, but you make all this money. You know, I drove the nice cars. I had the nice things. I also had it all taken away. So I've yes, you <laughs> you know see, seen both sides yeah. of the stories, But I realized even I, I would trade all that in, and, and I have, right? I basically traded all that in to have a more gratifying and fulfilling life. And the funny thing is, you know, now a couple of years down the road and really having focused on building a good company and the business and our mission, you know, the money actually comes more more naturally now, right? You know, especially right. people that understand energy, And the flow of energy, which you know, currency, current, money is energy current, it's all related. And so when you're doing something you're aligned to that you're passionate about, it's amazing how many opportunities come your way. Um, So, yeah, I can really trace all that back, the lineage through sports, uh, obviously tied that back through, you know, Tony Robbins and personal development. And then it was just like the light bulb went off. It's like, I need to be doing this. And I don't know how. And I, you know, what I might not—I'll be like a starving artist, right? I might not make m- much money at it at right. first. And it was tough, especially getting started. You probably can understand and appreciate this, Jill. I mean, when you start business—like this isn't easy, right? Well, like, and I you, know I've got to be on it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and my first cl- my first client when I was actually on my own, um, you know, I'd gone through spurts of working for um, you know nonprofits, and then I had a. Position with a, an agency, um, but my first part, when I said I'm going to do this on my own was working for free for my son's former hockey coach for his gym for three months. That was my first actual client under my agency. So um, yeah, I totally understand that. And what um, when you take on a client, what what do you do? Like how do you how do you help them? What are the areas you focus on, and what do you? how do you draw the information out of them that you need to help them move forward?
1: Yeah. So, so I'm going to compartmentalize or or, uh, rather segment that question into three parts, right? and the three parts are really aligned around our three core services because we approach each in different ways. And, you know, I'm sure Jill will post after afterward, you know, to go out to my website, you know, and on my website, there's both opportunity to get a copy of my book uh, if you uh, want, or if you, I should say, rather go through the process. I have several questionnaires on there, right? And the questionnaires are designed to, to, to really funnel the process and, and the information, the pre-qualification information, if you will, to figure out if there's alignment with the client. So first things first is, you know, it's the business development part. It's the either I'm going out and seeking out new clients or new clients find me. And in whatever regard, I take them through that pre-qualification process. It's a pretty intense process. I'm not one of these individuals that wants, to be honest, that wants every lead that comes my way. I really don't. Um, I only want the right people. I only want the people that want it. Mm -hmm. Because what I've learned in the six uh, years or so of building this business is people have to want it just as much as you want it for them. If not, there's a mismatch of alignment. And if they don't want it that bad and you're pushing more than they're pushing, At the end of the day, they're not going to get the result out of it that you've intended. So it doesn't work out anyway. So we take them through a pre-qualification process. Again, you're welcome to check out my website. There's several questions, but they're questions like, you know, what is your why, right? Tell me about the why for your either business or for your life in terms of coaching. Um, In terms of consulting, it might be, tell me a little bit about the current state of your business, right? And it might be, you know, financially, it could be from a culture perspective, And then if it's keynote speaking, uh, which is really more of anywhere from like one hour to half day workshop uh, type scenarios, tell me a little bit about the need to uh, engage me for your services right now. And I'll oftentimes get a lot of responses like, hey, we're just kind of dull in the energy and morale is low. I get a lot of that for the keynote speaking services. So going through that pre-qualification, understanding their needs. And again, business coaching um, and, and life coaching, transformational coaching, we're really focused on a one-on-one relationship. So that's where I am holding you accountable. I am working with you hand in hand, week in and week out. We're generally having uh, at least a call uh, or Zoom. We use Zoom uh, typically per week. Um and then for some of my local clients we will meet up in person, but at least you know that one on one appointment, that interaction to hold you accountable for both your business and your life goals, right? And I really look at the two intermingled because I think if you're, for example, if your health is off, right? If you don't have good health, um, I'm sorry, but that's gonna manifest itself in other ways in every other aspect of your life, right? Business, life, career, relational, sexual, you name it. If okay. house not on point guess what it manifests itself all over the place um so we really dig into all all that information from a one-on-one perspective from a uh, a coaching perspective right and that's how we approach that and my coaching um is really designed i don't take on and that goes for both coaching and consulting i'm really not looking for i call it a hidden clearance i only take on clients that are willing to invest at least a year with me right You know, six months, maybe very rarely, you might make an exception, but you better be a freaking rock star. Um, Otherwise, it's minimum of a year because I'm looking for committed individuals, committed individuals that are willing to go the distance. This isn't a, a, you know, hit it and quit. This isn't a a magic pill. I don't have a magic pill. There is no silver bullet. And by the way, any coach that tells you they do is a liar, right? (laughs) I'm sorry, hate to say it, but they are. It's so um, true. Marketing have, is the
0: same way. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work quickly. You've got to build the relationships and you've got to invest the time to make it work.
1: You have to. You have it's to. True. And if you don't, you're just kidding yourself. So that's the coaching side. The consulting side, it's a very similar discovery process. Um, but it's really more entrenched in the business, their business operations, their books. I need to get a sense of their books, like how are they financially? Right. Um, I generally do a, again, minimum year. I'm more uh, doing a lot more 18 month or two year agreements now on the consulting side because business to really turn the ship of a, of a business, especially one that may, might be in trouble or is trying to get to the next level, it requires at least half a year just to understand the business properly. And again, if someone says, hey, I can come in and, and I can get you the next level in three months, you know what, maybe, okay, maybe they're better than I am and yeah. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead and sign up with them. But in my perspective and in my, um, you know, my experience, I rarely see that. And again, I have a track record that speaks for itself. I have over a billion dollars in documented sales to my name. So I know how to grow top line, right? And that's really what we're focused on at In Good Company for our consulting services um, is growing top line. We do that um, a little bit through marketing, although I know you do marketing. We don't really do the same marketing, uh, Jill, right? Uh, but it's, it's three, three areas. Channel, which is strategic partnerships, marketing, and uh, again, we can clarify what marketing services, because I want to make sure everyone's clear on where to go to jail for marketing and where to go to maybe in good company, and sales, right? Those are the three areas to grow top line. I'm a proponent and a believer that you can grow uh, much better, two heads is better than one, right? But this concept of channel that I was introduced into at a lo- uh, at a very early age is so true you know, so often I see companies thinking that, Hey, I have to hire salespeople or I have to go do it all myself. No, you know what? You can actually grow more if you set up the right, I call them channel or partner programs that are incentivized in the right way. People out there in the market, the market is actually doing really well right now from from an economic standpoint. Mm -hmm. Companies are looking for more streams of revenue. Just like entrepreneurs are always looking for more streams of revenue, companies are always looking for more streams of revenue. Why? Because they needed to diversify. What happens when there's a downturn? And let's just use an example of real estate again, right? And you're only in real estate. And guess what? The market always goes up and down, right? Yes, over time, we'd like to think it goes up, but there's seasonality in every business. And companies, if they're wise, they're, they're always... Looking or at least aware of other streams of revenue or other ways they can partner into other ecosystems that are going to help, like I said, rising tide floats all boats, right? To help lift their source of income, to help protect them in times of uh, economic downturn. And that's really what it's about. Um, so, through partnerships, strategic partnerships, they're able to do that oftentimes much more economically and effectively. Than um companies let's say that say hey i'm just gonna go hire like 10 sales to go and sell our product or service yeah short term that might be like cool but you, first of all it's a much heftier expense line on the books and and second of all um you actually scale your business um it's called long long tail uh scaling you can scale it much better and more effectively from a long-term perspective by the channel or through strategic partnerships, right? And that
0: makes that makes so, total sense. And there are a lot of people looking to, there are a lot of people out there that will be your brand representative and love your brand already. And they're going to be better salespeople than a salesperson people out there are going to trust right. them. So it makes a big difference. What are some of the most common challenges that your clients face and how do you help them get through them? So let's take a smaller, I know you probably work with bigger businesses, but maybe what are some of the, if, if you have some smaller business, what, what are their um, biggest challenges?
1: Well and I love this small business actual example it's perfect for the purposes of our discussion we met through the chamber so yeah. let's let's leverage or, or relate this to a chamber Irvine chamber example which I work with several businesses inside of the the chamber um, and the thing I see the most is the owners are also the operators all right let me clarify what I mean there you you have to make a conscious decision when you're really ready to grow your business to the next level do you want to Always be an operator. Or are you truly ready to be an owner? Owners cannot be owners and operators. They can only be one or the other. So what I see with a lot of business owners, especially small business owners, is they want to have their hands involved in everything. And that's really cool when you're starting out in the first year, maybe the first couple of years, but if you're trying to take the business to the next level and hit what, what I like to call a multiplier effect, right? An accelerator curve where you can get exponential what we call, you know, that hockey stick growth in your business, you're not going to get that doing everything yourself. You have to outsource. You have to partner with companies. So my model for that or my my, you know, what I take all those businesses through and it's part of our pre-agreement pre-agre- and part of our process is it's like, hey, this is how we work at Inga Company. Build, buy, partner, collaborate. That's it. So you either build the business from the ground up, but even when you build it yourself or yourself at the helm, you're hiring new people. You are always have this conscious mind of you're like the captain of the ship. You're the uh, conductor of the orchestra, right? The conductor of the orchestra isn't the one playing the, the instruments. They're conducting, you, you can't be a conductor and a player of the instrument, right? right? Just like you can't be the captain of the ship and, you know, be on the, the sea deck in the back and, and washing the hole and, and all that. You have to make a conscious decision. If you want to be the leader of that business, you have to operate in that way. That
0: makes and sense. so
1: I see a lot of them making that, that unfortunate that mistake. And once they make that pivot though, Jill, it's so amazing. Cause when they make that pivot, they, it's like, Oh, you know, the light bulb goes off. They see the, you know, all, you know, the heavens above, oh my goodness, you know, and, and they ask themselves, so I want, why did it take me so long? Well, part of it's control, but I found, and this is a bit of coaching, right? People are motivated by, by six needs, right? And one of those needs that we find in the lower level needs is the need for security. And so, it's funny because business owners, you'd think business owner entrepreneurs are kind of like risk takers and all that. But, and I find my, I found myself in this trap too, especially early on. I wanted my hands on everything. Yeah. Now I want my hands on as few things as possible. Right. And that's why we've seen the growth we have in in recent years is because I've finally started to get my hand off the, the wheel a little bit and start to outsource and involve more, people in the business and coincidentally we're growing faster we're growing more Uh and the reality is we're helping more people and that's 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 the other piece of it that's uh, incredible when you really tie into things properly
0: and speaking of helping people i would love to hear about some of your clients success stories if you have a few especially on the small business end if you have some you can share
1: Yeah, sure. I'll share uh, at least, you know, a couple from the chamber. And then if you want to hear a couple more, you know, we can share those as well if we have time. But, you know, the couple in the chamber I can think of, I'm working with, um, you know, one small business that that is a catering company that candidly, I, I really started working with them because of their story and because of their why. And their story was very powerful. And it it, kind of left me, to be honest, in, in tears when I first heard it. You know, they basically got ripped off from a a family member who stole their, they were in business with the family member before the family member under their nose was acquiring all the client assets, like the account list, the contact information, and starting to transition some of those accounts to another business that he had started as well on the side. Wow. And, um, Then eventually one day, I guess you know he went in and was like, "Hey, um, I no longer work here. I've started my own company. Have a nice life." And these are family members, might have had sad. Just broke my heart, broke my heart, and I'm like, you know what? I want to help you. You know what I mean? Like, I want to help you. So the cool thing with them is they went from this this couple who you know um, was scared and timid to now I see an empowered. I see an empowered uh You know, I say couple of leaders, right? Because they're, they're kind of co-owned company that is really out purpose-driven now. They have much better goals, much better mission. And you know what? We're going through some ground pains right now as we speak, but they're growing the right way. They're doing the right ethical things. They're setting the proper foundation because it's like I say, and I'm I'm somewhat spiritual. You know, I know any of you that have read the Bible know, you know, it it talks about, you know, a house that's built on a foundation of sand will crumble in the wind, but a house that's built on a foundation of rock and stone will stand strong for years to grow. And it goes in anything, it goes in relationships, it goes in businesses, everything that I've seen. So I really apply that to everything. They're building a beautiful foundation. I've seen the relationship improve too, as a result of it. And so that's been really fun to watch. Um, So that's, that's one. The other one was, I would say a more short term one as well from the chamber that we were basically given a two week notice to um, accelerate the sales um, and attendees for an event that was um, a pretty powerful event uh, with, with some Marines. And, you know, in a matter of two weeks, we took it from five to uh, 30 registrations. We ended up with over 50 people in, in the room. Um, so he's quite pleased with the results of that.
0: And how did you do that?
1: Use cases. So we did that for, for multi-channel marketing, right? So we, we hit, um, you know, we hit social hard, right? My team, I have to thank them, right? I'm not going to take the credit for it. It's my team. I've got young folks. I've got old folks on the team, but they all add a unique value to the team. And so we have some great people that are doing like ad sets. Um, They've really gotten great about understanding the algorithms of not only just how a post but how the ad feeds work through the psychology of humans and creating ad sets for this event that were collecting new data, getting new registrations. That was one piece of it. The other piece of it was creating dynamic, beautifully displayed email campaigns. Right. And then the other piece of it candidly, we're just good old fashioned, Justin picking up the phone and calling oh, yeah, his, his, yeah. his people. That's right. Yeah. And, and touching and you know what, that's never going away either. So we hit it through multi-channel, uh, so direct uh, as well as indirect through social and email. And yeah, in less than two weeks, we, we totally got the numbers to where they should be. And coincidentally, we're going to be doing our follow-up event with that here in a couple months in February. Uh, so I'm excited about that. We've created a real partnership with that gentleman and his organization, awesome. which also has a great mission.
0: So Justin, can you give us some advice for small business owners? If you were going to talk to someone who wanted to grow their business, their small business, what's the best few pieces of advice you can give them?
1: Well, I would say if you want to grow your business, I think uh, wanting to and needing to are two different things. So I'm going to first say, get, get clear with yourself on what your real goals are. Is it to grow your business because you want to socially and acceptably because you want to buy a new car? Or is it because you want to because your why is tied to a mission of helping more people? And, and that's the first thing. So figure out with crystal clarity the why behind it because doing it isn't really important unless your why is tied to it and it's powerful enough to motivate you to do it. That's the first thing, okay? The second thing is when you're going through that process of, hey, how do I grow my business? Seek help and be willing to give up control. Like we talked about with our examples early, if you're not willing to have control, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. Build, buy, partner, collaborate. So absolutely important. That's my model. You can use whatever model you want, but I found it works pretty well. I've built some pretty incredible businesses, both in corporate and out of corporate America. Again, you know, several billion dollars that I've grown or, or have to my name. I think uh, I should say our name now in good company. Really, it's it's a team unity. And, um, you know, that's important. You have to get, get up to control. And then the last thing is what we talked about as well, owner versus operator. If You want to be an operator. That's fine. But if you want to be an owner, you must, you must truly own, you must be the conductor of the Mm -hmm. orchestra.
0: Makes sense. And, um, your book, who's the perfect, who can your book help the most?
1: Yeah, I I think it's a lot of, I wrote it. I wrote it for people like myself, right. That are, are in that transitionary mode where they might be stuck in a rut, whether they're in a corporate job or they're even sort of pondering or, or pooling with the idea of a, a business. It's for those individuals. It's a roadmap. It's both a business memoir and a roadmap of all the key imperative nuggets that I've developed al- along the way. I've learned along the way, along with some personal stories, right. To keep it exciting. So it's a quick read Honestly, it's something you can read in less than probably, you know, three hours, right? Two hours even. Um, so it's to the point, you know, which I was really, you know, adamant about when I wrote it because I didn't want it to be like a long bibliography. It's short, it's to the point, and it, it, I think it hits all the right points. home.
0: And tell people. us the name of the book again.
1: Entrepreneurship, Changing Business Culture from the Inside Out.
0: Okay, perfect. And I will link to that in the show notes and uh, the um, description as well. And um, can you tell everyone where they can find you?
1: Sure, and and it's going to be very simple. Uh, nimmergood.com. So my last name, uh, Nimmergood.com. And that's going to be sort of the outsource link because, believe it or not, Nimmergood—something else unique about me—we're the only ones in the world. And, really? You know. Yeah, so so there's a there's a there's a lineage right back through Germany and all that, which I won't obviously share right now. But that domain and that name has has got a bit of um, yeah cachet behind it, and we're very proud of it. Um, So it's needless to say, if you type in Nimmergood or Google Nimmergood, we're the only ones out there. But Nimmergood.com, nimergoo dcom all the questionnaires and everything around there. And uh, I would love to connect with any of your followers um, post show here.
0: That sounds great. Thank you so much for all of your great advice and for taking the time to come on here and share that with the audience. I know um, that you've given them a lot to think about. And um, I think you're going to have some people going to find that book very soon as well.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much Jill, for having me on. It's been an absolute blessing to get to know you, you know, through the chamber and outside and don't you know, have a great holiday season here.
0: Thank you and you too and your wife too. He's got a he's got a gorgeous and very sweet wife.
1: <laughs> yes, Naomi is beautiful, no yeah, doubt she about really that. Is. Thank you so
0: much. <laughs> well, thank you for being on. Thank you so much for joining both Justin and I today on the Small Business Social show. And please remember to subscribe because every week I will be posting information and sharing wonderful interviews with awesome entrepreneurs just like Justin, and this information is going to help you to market and grow your small business, your practice, or your personal brand. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.